Hello friends, welcome back to Zap Savvy, formerly Amped Adventures, the podcast that electrifies your world with energy solutions. That's right, back for episode three. I'm Mike Sokol. And I'm Doug Curtis. And today's topic, we're going to be diving into demystifying solar power. So Mike, there are so many things to cover, and I know we probably won't get through them all today, but can you just sort of give me an idea on what's happening out there in the news? I mean, why are people going solar? Well, you know, I'm heavily involved in the recreational vehicle industry. Uh, people want to boondock in places where you're not allowed to use generators. So many state parks don't allow them or they restrict the hours. If you've got solar and battery, then you can go to places where you, otherwise you can't. Um, I see a lot of people are asking me now about emergency power during natural disasters. We've seen this in the last few weeks in, in Hawaii. We've seen this down in Florida. Um, when you have these issues, being able to have solar power is great for so many things. And I see people that are just asking, they want to save money on their electric bill. And in fact, you can do that if you go ahead and do the... Um, uh, enough solar power on your roof and you have it properly wired into your local grid, guess what? You can reduce your electric bill. Mike, there are so many aspects that you just talked about. We've got natural disasters. We've got people that want to be able to camp off grid. We've got people that want to be able to take care of their families. But let's try to look at a basic house situation because I think a lot of people, from what we've found, people writing into us, calling us, emailing us, there's a problem with people misunderstanding how the electrical power actually works when they've got solar on the roof. So please, can we sort of dive into an illustration and maybe you could walk us through it? Right. And so this first example that we're looking at, uh, this has the ability to run completely off-grid. Uh, so you have solar panels you can see on the rooftop, uh, and there's going to be a way to charge up battery packs. Some of them will call this, you know, um, uh, you know, Tesla makes a power wall. These other guys make them. But basically, it's a big battery pack. And there will be an inverter. Now, this is a bigger inverter than you would have in your RV, but it takes the battery voltage, could be 12 or 48 volts, and turns it back into 120 volts AC. So you could run all your regular house appliances even when the, even when the power is out, as long as you've got enough sunshine and battery power. The other way, sometimes what you'll see is people that are only selling solar panels with the micro inverters built into them. And what they're doing is powering your house, powering back through your meter uh, and then basically reducing your electric bill. Now that's fine and dandy, but without storage batteries and without an inverter and a proper control panel, then what happens is when the natural disaster takes out your local grid, you can have all the solar panels you want. You can't power your your house with all of this when the sun goes down you've got no storage so therein lies the, the trick you know you want to go ahead and spend the extra money with a solar installer that is aware that you want to be able to run your house even when the grid goes down well you know that brings up a whole question and i'm not sure that we could actually outline all the different aspects of it but there's a whole complicated math problem that, quite frankly, Mike, we're going to have to have some kind of uh, educational tool to be able to help people or at least refer them online because 
what happens is you got a normal house and that gets a certain amount of watts and then there's the generator watts or the solar watts and can you just you know try to begin I, to educate everybody I, i've been doing this since i've been four years old really so I, 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 a lot of this I have in my head. I'm, I found a couple of good resources that will help you calculate this so you don't have to do all the slide rules, counting on your fingers thing. But right now, let's just go through the basics. So normally, if you have a 240-volt supply coming into your house, which you will, and it will be a 200-amp service, they call, that gives you the ability to, to do 48,000 watts worth of stuff. I would say, so you have 48,000 watts worth of, of power coming in. Now, that is an energy. That's just power that you could do. Now, you rarely turn everything on all at once, but that's what you've got. However, a big solar system that you look at that would have battery banks and way to, to, uh, to run off grid, um, they generally uh, are limited to about 7,000 watts. So see the difference between 48,000 watts and 7,000 watts? Well, you got to go on a little energy reduction thing. Um, so there's some things that you're not going to be able to run. You just have to understand. Your electric stove, not going to be a good idea to try to run it off of solar. You may be able to do it, but you're going to deplete your batteries. Um, you will have limited electric heat. However, if you're good and clever enough to put in heat pumps, which we're going to talk about in a future episode, you can reduce your uh, electrical consumption by 50 to 75% using a heat pump instead of just regular uh, space heaters. Isn't that interesting? Uh, no hocus pocus. This really works like that. We'll show you later how it works. You you will probably have limited air conditioning that you can do. So if you've got air conditioners all throughout the house, all over the place, you're going to be able to run maybe a couple of them plus other stuff. Um, but otherwise, you're going to be limited to maybe um, one large air conditioner. If you're careful, probably need something on the order of a soft start home product in order to be able to start that air conditioner on a 7,000 watt generator it's just what it is mike i gotta jump in here already i'm beginning to be a little bit confused and i'm pretty savvy about it but like is there a way to calculate you know solar for my like square footage if i've got a a thousand square foot house or a two thousand square foot house yeah. or even bigger, how does that all work okay so here's so here's the basics Okay, solar panels are rated in watts, but the really important thing is, and, and that's watts of power, the important thing is how many watt hours per day can they gather from the sun? So you can kind of think of this kind of like a bank account. So your batteries are your bank account or your, um, you know, your, your debit card, right? Um, and then your solar panels are putting money into the bank, electricity, you know, watt hours into the bank. And then you are making withdrawals um, right. for various appliances. So you can do things, for instance, if you have a 240 volt system, this will allow you like your well pump to run. They're all 240 volt. So that's an important thing. Uh, and you will be able to have probably limited air conditioning in your room. My kids, when I was showing them uh, backup power, uh, they want to be able to run five dehumidifiers at the same time. And I'm going, that's out. Each one of those is like an air conditioner. Uh, they didn't understand. So I do have a couple of charts that I'm preparing, and I found a couple of good resources, which we'll include in links down below that okay. will show you 
what different appliances take. So for instance, your daughter is probably not going to run her 1500, 1800 watt hair dryer on this because <laughs> that's a lot of juice. The little appliances have the, they take the most energy sometimes. Anything with a heater in them takes a lot of energy. Okay. All right. Let me sort of get to something like, how do I even get started? I mean, I've got the basics. We know there's a problem out there. Now we know that there's solutions out there, but how can I get started? How can I make a recommendation to, you know, the RVer that, you know, asked me last week, hey, I've I've got a Dometic air conditioner. I've, I've got a lithium battery. I've got a solar panel, but I can't, I don't know what to do. Uh, how do we break this down? Even for the person that has a small home or a medium sized home, how do they really just take care of themselves? How do they get started? Okay, so I think you want to do baby steps. And right. the, the, these little so-called solar generators, which are basically portable power inverters, are a really, really good place to get going because then you start to see how all of this works. I have a bunch of units from Jackery, from Southwire, from Blue Eddy, um, and there's something on the order of $1,000 per 1,000 watt hours. So, you know, you can get a, something that will have a 1,000 a, a watt hours of energy storage and a 1,000 watt pure sign inverter. And then you can add a couple of solar panels onto this. Now, this is a great thing because, so for example, I can run, if I have a couple of hundred watts of solar panel and I've got a modern refrigerator, I can pretty much keep my refrigerator running for days off of this. Or you can do, I've done things, I've got videos of me um, doing hot dogs with the electric hot dog cooker with the little spikes. Um, I'm just trying all kinds of things to do with this. And this is a great, great way to get started. Um, and without, and that way you'll start to be able to accept the limitations of solar. I, I even use it uh, to run my pellet smoker. I just did this last week. Um, grab one of my jackeries, set it out there, ran my pellet smoker all day, put a 100-watt solar panel on it. I've got my little 12-volt uh, DC Vitafrigo refrigerator. I got cold beer, um, smoking brisket. Uh, life is good. I'm running yeah. on solar. Isn't that neat? That is a great example. Now, are there any other real-world examples that we might talk about today or maybe in the future, perhaps something that you're seeing in different states or even around your state? Well, I, I, and, and over in the RV industry, we're seeing a number of, of companies that are starting to include, you know, real solar packages. It used to be that they said, okay, this little 100-watt solar panel is going to do everything. It hardly does anything. Uh, I am going to be at the Hershey Show here uh, in mid-September uh, and also um, at the Alumapalooza Rally. And I'm going to be cataloging what all the manufacturers are doing for solar. They're all virtually, every one of them is doing something. Um, and that's a, a good way to step into this. Okay. Uh, I do have some examples um, okay. that I don't have all the prices together yet, but I've got examples in Maryland. Uh, one of my friends in Washington State outside of Seattle has done this. And my twin brother, Joe, in California has quite a large solar system he installed for his house. So I'm, I will have examples in a future episode that actually showed some engineering drawings and what they went through and how much it cost them. Okay. So now we've, we're going to be developing other additional research with you, Mike, over the next 
few episodes, but you know, perhaps, you know, I think I remember my dad always used to say, okay, so what are the risks? You know, what do I have to be aware of? The do's and don'ts kind of speak. Can you, can you help me out with some of that? Yeah. Um, wind damage is always something. So I'm looking at getting a, um, a, a new shed for the back and they're, they're, my, my local contractors are talking about rated for 90 mile an hour winds. Uh, we're getting more winds here in Maryland. Um, and to me, it's not just the winds. I had to cut some trees back because I would have these massive branches fall uh, from the wind. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had a branch, oh, I think it was 10 inches in diameter. It, it broke off of the tree in the back and it cut my, um, my 1500 series GMC pickup truck in half. I mean, it literally smashed it down and it was like this on both sides. So big branches during windstorms, another thing. Uh, we've recently had a couple of hail storms. I know that they rate these for hail, but by golly, I would talk to my insurance company just to make sure that you're covered for hail damage. We've gotten some of the stuff down towards Washington, D.C., and these things are huge. So yeah. I think that that's another issue. Um, okay. They also have to properly install these things so that first responders, if there's a fire at your house, they can come and shut off the power from the solar panels so that they don't get shocked. So you can see standing in water with a fire hose that's electrified, bad idea. You don't want to okay. kill your first responders. Uh, there are other things that happen uh, during an emergency and everybody forgets about uh, being prepared for an emergency. Uh, you mentioned earlier when we were talking that a lot of people have solar panels, but they really don't have a way to use that power. Maybe we should ask that maybe that's a risk too, because you could have uh, solar, but you could be solar out of luck if you yeah. don't have an inverter. Yeah, you've got to have an inverter. You also need to have a way to tie this back into your, your house power. You do not want to use a suicide cord, cord on this to backfeed. That's just like a really, really bad idea. Um, and um, without, you know, without, you know, going into it too deeply, this is why it's important that you get a, a certified installer that's licensed. Um, right. I wouldn't trust just a regular electrician to do this, even though right. theory, in theory they could do this. You need someone that knows there's extra code involved on right. um, and right. what's required for solar installs on your roof. Okay, well that's really great. Now let's see, this has really been a, a lot of detail, Mike, and I, I, you know, I'm really grateful that you know, you're every day solving people's problems, whether it be at a trade show, through the internet, through all of the podcasts that you're doing, but uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Soft Start Home protects and extends the life of your AC unit or heat pump, enables your AC, appliances, and medical devices to start on a generator, allows your AC, appliances, and medical devices to start on solar power and batteries. To find out more or purchase your Soft Start Home, head to softstarthome.com. Okay, Mike, we just saw that little uh you know, sponsor uh, ad about how the soft start uh, home works with a air conditioner or actually how the soft start RV works with an air conditioner. I, I, don't, I 
wondered if we might just sort of zero right in and give me like a, a one to two minute recap of what that's actually doing. So the, the, the thing to understand about any air conditioner or any motor that starts up is there's this huge amount of inrush current right at that moment of starting. And it's generally a fraction of a second long. And you'll see this where the lights dim a little bit. Now, when you're hooked onto the grid, you basically have unlimited backup power you know, coming from the grid. But when you're running off of your inverter, your solar panels, whatever, that inrush can interfere with other appliances. It can cause the air conditioner compressor not to start. Now, the soft start products, you know, soft start home specifically and soft start RV for RVs, what they do is they will reduce that inrush current by 50 to 75%. Um, I've done tons of videos, I've done tons of research. I just finished a 5,000 start cycle test on this. And what it does is it allows, it relaxes that inrush current demand. And this helps if you're running off of an inverter generator, you're running off of a solar panel, you know, with your own inverters or whatever. So I've got, I've got hundreds of hours of testing this in my own little Funkworks lab. Uh, and it really is the, the best way to assure that you've got enough le power left over to do everything else. That, that, that's a great summary. Thank you, Mike, because I know there's a lot of new things here. Okay, hey, we're going to be setting up with a couple of little rapid-fire questions, Mike. I know that I'm going to end up being the foil guy here because you're the answer man, but, uh, you know, go ahead. I'm ready. Okay, okay. Myth or fact number one, solar only works when the sun is shining. What do you it's think? I think it's a partial fact. Because uh, you can store it in the lithium batteries. I mean, you know, let's be real. Uh, yeah, right? I would say, I would say, yeah, half and half. Yeah, it works better when the sun is shining because you're constantly replenishing your battery bank with your watt hours, right? But if you have sufficient watt hours of storage, or what you would call amp hours of storage, then yeah, you can get away with the, you know, for a day without the sun shining. So it helps, but you know, you've got, you'll have like a meter on this to show you how much you've got, how much gas you got the t in the tank, as it were. Um, if the sun doesn't shine for a few days, uh, you might be running out of juice. <laughs> okay. You ready for another one, Doug? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Now this is, I'm, I'm, I'm channeling my inner geek. Myth <laughs> or fact number two. Solar energy is the most abundant of all energy resources. I am gonna, this is easy. I'm gonna say yes, but I don't really know the specs. I don't know the details. Help me understand. Uh, okay, so if, if we just look at the, the amount of solar energy that's falling on the earth, it's basically 10,000 times more than the energy rate that humankind consumes. Wow. So guess what? We're not going to run out of solar energy. But okay. if you really think about it, one of my fun things, and this is, I, I did a class, I, I blew the nun's mind in eighth grade when I explained to them that hydroelectric is really solar power. And they just said, what? And I said, because the sun is what causes the water to evaporate, go up to the clouds, and then ends up in the reservoir, and it goes down. So virtually everything that we use is, uh, ex with the exception of atomic energy, is, comes from solar in some way or the other. But yeah, we got plenty of solar to go around. I mean, even the wind. The wind is caused by the sun heating up things. Isn't that just cool? Yeah, that is very cool. Mike, I got one for you. I'm going to jump in here. Okay. 
there are a lot of people out there that are renters and they're saying you can't help me and I think you have a story that uh, might be very illuminative or il illustrative I should say of why this is actually uh, a, a, a myth you can use solar so go give me that answer yeah okay so my my son you know he works from home has a lot of computer stuff and he didn't feel like putting solar panels on the roof just yet, but I had a spare uh, Southwire Elite 1100 and a couple of hundred watts of solar panels. And so right where his little office is, he could open the window up, he could actually slide the solar panels right out onto the edge of his roof and then just run the cord in and he can run his computer for days off of this. And it's not a permanent install. Uh, I thought that was just genius. He goes, well, Dad, whenever you get around to putting solar panels on my roof, that's okay. But right now, I'm doing it. And I went, way to go, Alan. Okay. Give me give me that one big fun fact that you dug up the other day because I, I think, you know, like you say, things have been – we think that uh, solar power is new, but uh, I know you've got a fun fact. Why don't you share that, please? Oh, you're talking about NASA. Yeah, they, they've been doing this. I mean, solar panels, um, they've been around since the, the 1950s when we started slinging stuff up in the space. Uh, and so if you see any pictures of like the satellites, especially Vanguard 1, so this was the very first uh, artificial Earth satellite powered by solar cells. And it's the still the oldest man-made satellite in orbit. It's been more than, what, 6 billion miles, billion with a B. Wow. So, yeah, uh, NASA developed a lot of the stuff that now becomes, you know, basically um, falls to us. Mike, you know, I know that we've been talking uh, nonstop and trying to use graphics, but, you know, perhaps we could just give a quick, you know, the biggest takeaways, you know, if for me, the biggest takeaway, it doesn't matter. Uh, well, it does matter that I've been procrastinating to get solar, but now you've given me some easy steps where I could use very a low-cost uh, situation where I could actually, you know, run my computers if I was losing power, if I had a, a portable solar power. So for me, that's one of the biggest takeaways. But dig in here. Give me another big three yeah. for you. A, cu a couple of quick things. This is also a great way to keep your cell phones charged during a, a emergency power. So it's really, really easy. I've got a couple of examples that I've been working on. So with a um, something like a Jackery and a couple of solar panels and a couple of bulk chargers, you could charge up to two or 300 cell phones a day in your neighborhood. Uh, I've got some examples I'm playing with. And the other thing I think is really big is Virtually everywhere that I go now, you know, when I'm teaching seminars, people are just cornering me and asking me about solar. They're, everybody's interested in it. Everybody's complaining about the price. Everybody seems to be confused. But yeah. everybody wants solar. They, they just do. So I spend half my time fielding solar questions, which is great because I need to know what you need to know. Right, right. No, I'm like, I think you're so right. I mean, as we're trying to wrap up here, uh, I think we've given a lot of great nuggets for everybody, and we hope that they will be tuning in with us next week uh, or the next podcast because we're going to do the research to be able to help people make those smart decisions. I mean, I know for me, I want to thank everybody out there. Please tune in to another episode of Zap Savvy where we're going to be 
powering up your adventures, whether they be in an RV or whether they be in your off-grid home, when you're out of power, we want to charge up your life with more knowledge. And thank you again to our sponsor, Soft Start USA. And please be sure to, you know, subscribe and like this video. And Mike, I know that you're always going to try to encourage them for questions. You know, right. can you? Uh... Yeah, be sure you comment what you like, what you didn't like, what you want to see us cover next. We want to cater this podcast to you, and we love your feedback. So feed feedback, please. Thank you so much. See you next time on Zap Savvy. Thank you.